Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to r slash petty revenge, where a student gets revenge on his teacher for smashing his microphone. A petty microphone cold war with a music teacher. This was back in mid-2019, right when I graduated from high school. My school hosts annual last day of school concerts for students. And frankly, our school is notorious for its very unreliable sound system and a lack of musical equipment. There's always something either missing or broken. So borrowing equipment from students is common and somewhat expected. Yeah, a strange first impression of your school there, not gonna lie. On the day of, an eighth grade music teacher, let's call him Mr. Bennis, whom I never really met before, asked if he could borrow my microphone for the concerts. They needed extra. Now, I usually lend my music stuff to the school concerts anyway, and he knows this too, so no biggie he could have it. They always come back in one piece, and the school faculty are quite responsible with borrowed stuff. Except for this one time for some reason, while I couldn't attend the concerts, it came back with a huge dent on the steel mesh. The next day, Mr. Bennis returned my dented mic nonchalantly and didn't even mention the very obvious dent there. He just handed it to me, said thank you, and went back to his phone. I was the one to bring it up and told him it definitely wasn't there when I lent it to him. He said something along the lines of, oh, I'm sorry. It was probably one of the performers who dropped it. That happens all the time with kids. (laughs) Ha ha. I told him it was still his responsibility, even if he didn't drop it himself. He replied with, Ah, don't worry, it it still works though. It was gonna dent sometime anyway. No musician is without one. (laughs) Ha ha ha. As vocally annoyed at him as I was, he was right. Most dynamic microphones drop all the time and the mesh will get dented eventually. It still works fine and you don't need to replace it. I probably shouldn't have lent something somewhat expensive to someone I don't really know either. Still, I was extremely annoyed. The next day, which was also the last day of school, I waltzed into the music room that he is responsible for, sneakily snatched a pristine music room microphone, brought it to a classroom with no one in it, and made it drop five feet right onto the ceramic floor. There was a loud clang upon impact, and sure enough, it was quite dented, but it still works just fine. Besides, that was my very last day of school and no one saw me go in or out of those two rooms. So all eyes should be on Mr. Bennis about that dented school microphone. Or no one would care about some dented mic. Whatever. Still satisfied I could get an eye for an eye or steel mesh for a steel mesh, I guess. Oh, they break all the time, do they? Uh, I'm not sure that's true. And I know that because I've got one right here. Look at this, right? This is a little wind protector, you know, plosive remover thing that you put on mics. This is what we're referencing here, the steel cage around the microphone, which is inside. As you can see, not dented, yeah? Pretty pristine. Not gonna lie, these microphones that are nice, dynamic microphones, they do cost a lot of money. So for Mr. Bennis, uh, weird name, but anyway, for Mr. Bennis to be going off on one, saying that they're not that important and they break all the time, no, they don't. And now moving on to our second story of Petty Revenge. They asked if I saw a phone laying in the streets. Nope, not in the streets. 
hadn't seen it. I moved here a few months ago. On one side, my neighbor is a cool little old man on the corner of the block. On the other side is a family with at least one kid in their late teens, maybe early 20s. At least past high school, because school is back in session and I see them around on weekdays. Could be more than one, but there are quite a few that age who come and go, and I don't know them. They live in a massive McMansion and have several cars between them. The rest of the block are houses built in the 1950s or so. Not bad homes at all, but nothing huge. It's not a busy street, zero traffic, and the houses are spaced pretty far apart. The neighbor's teens were walking through my backyard and the old man's backyard to get to the street around the corner, sometimes at night. We've got two young kids who go to bed at around 8.30 and the youngest has issues that severely affect her sleep causing her to be up all night at times. Sometimes they were woken up by the neighbor's teens walking through at like 11 p.m., talking, laughing, or playing music on their phones. Part of the reason we chose this house is how quiet and spacey the neighborhood is. After a couple of weeks of this happening, about four or five times, I went to go and talk to the neighbors. The dad answered the door. I said something like, hey, how you doing? I'm OP, I live over here. He just says, uh, what do you need? So I told him that I've got two kids who go to bed early and that his kids wake them up when they walk through the yard. He said he'd tell them to quiet down. I said, no, they're coming through in the middle of the night. They should stay out of my yard. He said, only at night? Just smugly. His expression and tone really annoyed me. So I said, I mean freaking ever. He made a huh noise and shut the door. So I walked back home. A few days go by and I hear the teens one evening around dusk, four of them heading to their house. So I go outside and I ask, is this your yard? They didn't even say anything. They just kept walking and started laughing. A couple of hours later, my wife was in the kitchen and sees a couple of them in the old man's yard, close to our yard with a flashlight pointed at the ground. We watch them for a few minutes, and when they come into our yard, I go out back with my flashlight, shine it at them, and said, I'm about to call the freaking cops. They ran back to their house. The next morning, I was mowing, and I find what they were looking for. An iPhone. Looked new. No power. I pocket it and keep mowing. Around noon, my bell rings. It's the mum. The dad was standing at the end of my driveway. I guess he didn't want to talk to me. Hey, my daughter lost her phone while she was out walking last night. Uh, Have you seen it around? Like in the street or anything? Nope. Haven't seen any phones in the streets, I reply. Well, have you seen one anywhere else? I can't say I have, but if I find one in the streets, I'll let you know. I can see the gears in her brain working. She doesn't look happy. By the way, I talked to your husband a few days ago about your kids being in my yard. They didn't listen, so if it happens again, I'm calling the police. Are you serious? They're waking up my kids, and this is private property. I am very serious. She makes the same, huh, noise that her husband did. Walks off the porch and back to him. I guess she told him what I said, because he made angry noises that I couldn't understand from the porch. They walk away and I go back inside. I know some newer phones have tracking. So a little later, when I was running errands, I dropped it in a trash can in a gas station bathroom. If they tracked it, maybe they went and dug it out. Good luck to them. It was one of those 50 gal cans and full of who knows what. 
and I dropped it down the side so it would slide to the bottom. They haven't been in my backyard since. Again, just like the first story, completely reasonable revenge. It's one thing making noise in your residential area late at night, but it's another going on someone else's private property and doing it. That is just crazy. Yes, OP can call the police if he wants to. Come on. But seriously though, imagine going on Find My iPhone, tracking down your phone, realizing it's probably in this horrible bin and just having to chuck your hand in there and hope for the best. That is disgusting, but it's so, so justified. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now moving on to our third story of petty revenge IT manager made my life a misery So we auto insulted him hundreds of times a day This happened a few years ago and by few I mean a lot I was a student in the mid 80s and I got a job for the summer working for a major electronics company It was low skill boring grunt work, but it was a foot in the door and it paid good money I worked in the it department next to a very noisy room filled with very wide dot matrix printers that buzzed and chattered all day long It was the central printer room for the vac system that we used back then Now one of my jobs was to take the huge fan fold printouts Each stack was about two by one feet and about a foot high and separate it into individual print jobs Lay them out on a table for people to pick up and also to refill the printer with new paper The noise drove me nuts. So I closed the door The it manager found out and insisted that the door stay open so that I could hear when a printer was out of paper The printer gave out a series of beeps when the paper had run out Let's just call this guy dick because a his name was richard and b He really was a dick a real petty tyrant. Hey guys, it's not swearing because you know dick is a name in a nearby room was bob Bob was an odd guy. He was an absolute hippie a relic from the 60s. Bob was a slacker He appeared to do the minimum work necessary to stay employed, but he was also a genius a hobby electronics experimenter proper old-school coder COBOL and Fortran radio amateur He wrote for electronics magazines designed and built his own computers radios and hi-fi gear He would happily fix any electronics you brought him and refuse payments And he was the go-to person for almost anyone in the company with a technical problem The odder the problem the better he liked it Senior engineers would come to bob with a question and go away with an answer Sometimes he was seconded to a project to consult and on more than one occasion Co-authored a technical paper and was named on a patent or two Most of the time bob didn't want any recognition or fuss But usually you got to hear through the grapevine that it was his work He liked his little room and liked to be his own boss. I like bob. He was a genuinely nice guy He had a lot of power in the company through a lot of favors, but he never wielded it He was always helpful to anyone who asked from md to summer students like me In fact, he really liked students and often mentored us when we had a problem or just taught us how to work the system I told bob about the noise in passing Bob went away and designed a remote out of paper system that would indicate a paper outage on a light board where I sat He didn't have to but bob liked a problem to work on 
dick rejected it out of hand i resigned myself to a summer of noise but bob just quietly turned to a new solution bob proposed an improvement to the printing system to dick the print header was a line of hash symbols the print job name the username of the person who printed it and another line of hash symbols Sometimes you could pick up on the hash symbols and sometimes not. It was hit or miss. Bob had experimented with a mix of text and ASCII block characters and came up with a distinctive song that the printers could make by printing apparent gibberish. Based on his amateur radio experience, he theorized that even someone untutored in Morse can recognize a Morse code phrase very quickly. And the ear picks up on the phrase even when not actively listening. And so someone could pick up on a distinctive tune or rhythm. He ran a test and it worked. Dick could see the benefits and so authorized Bob to code it into the standard print footer. In production, I could hear the end of every print job as the printer changed its random screeching buzz to the distinctive sounds, and I pulled them off the printer as they finished instead of the finished paper stack speeding up the print job process and reducing the wait time for those waiting on the job. Dick was nominated for an innovation award, about a £200 bonus, and accepted without acknowledging Bob. Bob didn't care, and neither did I. After my ear had tuned in, Bob gave me a Morse alphabet and just smiled at me. He had coded symbols for two lines at the end of the print that sounded like f dick in Morse code. That's F-U-K-D-I-K. Now, this didn't reduce the noise, but it made it bearable knowing that every print job was an insult. It also made me happy that there were a few radio amateurs in the company who all know Morse and they all knew Bob, so I guess he told them. When they came to the print pickup point, you could see some of them catch the phrase and smile. Sometimes it's the petty revenges that mean the most. I rejoined the company after I graduated three years later. Bob had medically retired after a massive heart attack and died shortly after. Dick had moved on and we were beginning to move to the massive computing power of desktop 386 PCs with local printers instead of the VAC system. But I went down to the print room one day to hear f*** Dick over and over. It made me so happy. I may have shed a little tear at that moment in memory of Bob. Oh, what a man Bob is. Stories like this are just so good because they are so petty. You know, Dick would never have known and probably never knew that this was happening. But people a lot more intelligent than him, like Bob, who clearly was probably a little bit undervalued by people like Dick in this company, just know what's going on and are just secretly telling him to F off. It's brilliant. It really, really is. And now moving on to our final story of petty revenge. Told my entire company my pay rates as I was walking out the door. I wanted to stir up some trouble. I knew I wasn't going to use this particular company as a reference, and I was already hired at the next company, and I had my first day all scheduled, and I was angry at the company I was leaving for various reasons. So, on my last day, as I was downloading my pay stubs and insurance information and anything else I might need in future pertaining to my HR with the company, I stumbled on an org chart. Curious, I exported to CSV. Oh, wow, this org chart has everybody's email address. I cleaned up the spreadsheet so it just had email addresses. Saved it, edited it in Notepad so it gives me only email addresses in CSV formats and it's easy to copy and paste. Then I made a burner Gmail address. I know Gmail was accepted inbound by the company because I've worked there forever and received email from Gmail addresses all the time. About a week after I left, a week into my new job, I sent an email to the entire company from my burner Gmail that said, I am a previous employee. 
I made this much per hour upon my termination in 2020. I never received a performance evaluation in the four years I worked at the company. Furious in Florida. The signature was my little homage to Ann Landers. I kept it short and sweet, only said the one thing that no employer wants you to say to a coworker, your pay rates. I worked there until 2021, but I figured maybe if I say 2020, it might be a little less obvious it was me. They fired a lot of people at the start of COVID. I knew I was making a lot of money compared to a lot of people there but I was still in the middle of the pay range compared to others. The HR rep refused an exit interview, only gave me a PDF survey to sign and slip under his door on the way out. So I forced my exit interview on the whole company. I really hope I stirred up some trouble. Oh, wow. What a mess you just left this company in. It really is exceptional because now you'll have every single employee saying, you know what? Yeah, I do deserve some more money and that's going to be the biggest headache of all time. Well done. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this episode of r slash Revenge. I really hope you've enjoyed it. If you did and you want to see more from this subreddit and from me right away, check out this video on screen. Also, drop a like on the video and comment your thoughts on these four stories down below. A couple of crackers in there. A couple more technical ones for you, uh, your tech nerds. Let me just say, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm one as well. And um, yeah, if you enjoyed, I'll see you all tomorrow with a brand new one.